Alrighty, Creedcast, thank you for listening again, as always. Appreciate you tuning in every week for those that do. Um, it's all, yeah, it is really appreciated. Uh, this little hobby uh, connects with people. Um, we're delayed in getting to a little bit of a quick chat about the result on the weekend, but uh, I'm here and I'm very happy to be talking about another win, six on the trot uh, for our Port Adelaide Footy Club. Um, pretty dominating win, one that I, if people follow on Twitter and follow along with when I'm watching the games live, you see I put a plenty of opinion out there as, as I'm watching. And um, it's one that I said at the end of the game was par. I think it was um, 70 points was about par, you know, whether it had been 60 or 75, who knows. Around that range was what I thought was a par score for this game. That's not, I'm not trying to disrespect the Kangaroos in, in saying that either. It's just that's kind of just where they're at and where we're at. And we're not exactly sure how we rank in consistency against the very top teams in the competition, but we're in the top four at the end of this, at this round, uh, um, at this current stage, uh, based on the other results, the way they went. So, you know, you've got to just at this point in the season, we're one of the top four teams. That's where we are. So uh, that's the whole point of the ongoing ladder is that that's just where you are at that time of the game and, and, and of the season. Sorry. And, you know, we've played some decent sides along that track. So, uh, have we been convincing at all times? No, but, um, you know, that's where we are now. And and so with that all in mind, that's kind of where I just thought, you know, 70 points was par. I don't think it was the, the greatest performance of all time. Uh, it was interesting. I think it was the Fox Sports always give their letter grades, you know, kind of like school letter grades to every team's performance for the weekend. And they gave uh, Port an A+. Plus and I wouldn't. I'd say A-. minus. Um you know, if you're going through the A level, you get A plus, and you get your straight A, and then you got your um, A minus, and then you go down to your B pluses. I think it's an A minus performance because I think it's um, it was a good performance and, and dominating. We were always had the result in hand. Um, you know, I know, um, and people that listen to the preview, uh, my little quick chat uh, a couple of days before the match will know that I I said that I expected the game to be one that we might have to scrap a little bit at the start. The Kangaroos coming up with some pressure. Um, and applying some pressure and, and just a little bit of heat um, with the whole uh, Horn Francis sideshow to the piece that, that, you know, that's been really the story since the fixture got released coming up to this game was what was going to happen there. Um, but, and, and it certainly was, you know, the Kangaroos brought decent pressure in that first quarter and, and you could kind of see Port were just kind of, I think that there was a game plan that we just manage our way out of that, and and oh, and obviously you know Goldstein was dominating at the at the, the hitouts and all that stuff. So there was avenues for the Kangaroos to get um, some scoreboard pressure on, um, and it's going to be an ongoing uh, problem probably for Port for the rest of the way um, with the ruck stocks at the moment. So you know if they get can get um, first hand on the ball at the hitout, and then um, but you know we're we're managing the clearances all right despite that. Um, but that does give them a little bit more than what they usually would if we had a bit more dominating, uh, had a bit more uh, luck in the in the hit-out department at the moment. But, um, you know, I did expect it to be a bit of a, of a tussle to start with, just, you know, just the way we go go about it as well. We seem to try to find our way into games a little bit um, and let, let, you know, kind of just st- steady into the game a little bit. We, don't, we haven't come out... Um, all guns blazing too much this year uh, in in those first quarters. We kind of just seem to feel out the situation and, and go on uh, with the game from there. So with that all in mind, I thought, you know, the first quarter, it's frustrating. It is. I don't like watching those first quarters at the moment and, and how slow we can be at times and, and, and allowing ourselves sometimes to be behind the eight ball when it comes to, you know, Sydney or St Kilda, you know, a few goals down at quarter time and you have to work your way back a bit. But 
in this one it didn't feel like it was frustrating i wanted us to it would have been nice to be a bit further ahead at quarter time obviously and only one point but um you know you see the second quarter come around and and the kangaroos pressure just drops off slightly and that's all it takes you see in these games when you watch a lot of footy you can just see the little it's it's not like any ma- like particular metric you just see it from the eye test and just their their effort drops off and i know there's been some stuff in the media and and people talking about it this week as well um just the effort levels of the kangaroos just dropping off they're just not running as hard in the space running as hard on the tackle um committing to the tackle committing to the run to get to the point uh to get to the point of the ball that you can beat a to make a play on it all those little things just opened up that space a little bit and you can just see how much better we got when when we kept up our performance while the kangaroos dropped off we uh, we stepped up a little bit and the kangaroos dropped off a little, a little bit and that that leads itself to an eight golder um did that i think they might have scored one in that quarter in the end but you know we opened up from being you know a point up to, a point up to being almost eight goals up in one quarter um and that's that's uh a testament to our quality, and 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 in the reverse, it's a uh, it's a blight on uh, the Kangaroos program at the moment. They can they, they can't sustain that kind of level because you could see, you know, they weren't looking like a team that was going to beat us in that first quarter. But they were just looking like a team that was going to scrap and try to bring the game to the, the level, but they just couldn't keep it up for four quarters. And and we also had a gear to go up, and I don't think we reached top gear at any point in that game. Maybe started touching towards those gears and that second quarter but even then it was a little bit of a procession and we we're able to just kind of move up a gear and 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 let there and kind of just just move away from them without too much effort which is again um like i said it's a testament to our program that we kind of can figure that out but it, it, i would like us to see just our ability to shift through the gear sometimes is stagnated by our own our own our own efforts we can be our own worst enemy at times and and I do want to see some improvement in those areas, but this was certainly a, a way forward. Um, we should be beating a team like this by at least 70 points, and we hit right on par, as I said at the start there. And and um, and so you've got to be happy with that. And, and I was pretty satisfied at the end of the game. There was there was moments in the game. I know. I think it was towards the end of the third quarter, we gave up a run of uh, three goals in a row to the Kangaroos. And look, this is one of those. This is why I try always try to be level-headed, even-keeled. And uh, and provide criticism. I think it's constructive criticism. I'm not going to sit here and bag players and do what some other other shows out there can do. Um, you know, and or, or, but I will just you know criticize the entire effort. And and I and it is frustrating still that um, it's it's again it's an eye test thing. I don't see anything in particular. But we we sometimes get bogged down by you know when we get a little bit bogged down, we drop off our levels a little bit. Um, our th- cut and thrust going forward isn't quite as good and we start getting bogged down into some of that bomb forward and, and, and quick kicks and, and, and miss kicks as well not hitting the targets um, not putting the eyes down and actually having a look before you bomb it forward and expecting I know that there's usually there's a, a structure expected and they're just expecting them, but it's just not happening that someone's not there to take the mark and it comes back quickly and, and the kangaroos got a run of what three goals in a row there towards the end of the third quarter I think and you know we just shouldn't be allowing a team like that to be getting a run on like that. Um, you know, considering the disparity in in skill and and talent between the two teams, we should have been able to say, "All right, they've got one. Um, oh, they've got two. Let's let's stamp this out now and get out get our run going again." And then they get another one. It's just it's not that the game was ever going to be lost. So that's not the issue there. But you know, we we do. People need to look at it, and, and we do have injuries as well, and I think that someone did bring that up, and I appreciate that point uh, being brought up to me as well. 
because that is part of it. You know, Todd going down early, and the forward line structure is certainly going to be an interesting thing going forward at the moment. Um, and it was interesting this game. You know, we had no Dixon already, um, and then Todd went down early, and suddenly it was Ollie Lord and um, and Finlayson were basically the two main forward targets. And then you know, Tickle if he gets a break down there, and I know Horn Francis is sitting out of the coming out of the goal square a bit when he gets his time off from the middle and. And obviously, the, the we do have some good high, high half forward kind of talent midfielders. You know, Rosie's a midfield. You know, gone into the midfield now, and Butters as well is more in the midfield than anything else. But um, they do play around half forward a bit, and you know there is goal scoring there. But the tall forwards are what you build your structure around. So there is, I do understand those points of view um, that we are struggling. We will probably have a little bit of some restructuring up there, and whether it is as consistent and as smooth as we would like it to be when we are or fit and firing, that that'll remains to be seen but you know it's still the the allowing of them to get down and get a few easy goal scoring chances in this game that we you know the AFL footy is um, and standings are predicated on obviously wins but percentage is a major deal in it as well it's kind of like goal difference in Premier League or whatever else you know you you're rewarded for your um, not just for your ability to win but your um, you know consistency of scoring you know scoring goals you know it's good for the competition to encourage this kind of stuff as well. You want to see attacking footy and 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 points scored. It's what um, the business of sports is about: is making stuff looking entertaining and and all that. So um, it is frustrating when you go go into basically more or less the third quarter. We didn't gain anything on the score, but I think once we had that second quarter, we should have been looking at a game plan that um, you know trying to build on the score every quarter. You know, I know. It's something that has always stuck with me, and um, you know, it's not like I always agree with what people that are heavily involved in the game or have a history in the game say. Um, but I think it was Malcolm Blight once said that you work out how much better goals you are than the other team. You know, you can kind of work out a way of trying to figure out how much you should be up by at the end of any any quarter based on how much, you know, if you think you're a four-goal better a quarter team than... Um, you know, if par is seventy points, then that means you think you're a four goal a bit quarter better team than um, the Kangaroos. And so, once we had an even better quarter than that in the uh, in the second quarter, I would have liked to have just seen us, you know, even just gain a couple of goals on them. But we really didn't. Um, and then, and then obviously the fourth quarter went well again. And um, again, I've got a cat that's just decided to wake up and start messing with stuff on the on my little work area here. Um, um, in the process of an, in another facet of my life is that I deal with some sports trading cards and I'm trying to get a lot together that I'm going to sell in a bunch and so I've got a pile of them on the bed and the cat just decided to knock them all over which is fantastic luckily they're all protected it's fine but um, anyway uh, yeah it's, it's a rambling point I guess it's not that it's it's not as binary as that you know games ebb and flow a little bit and, and Port were managing the game a little bit at that point as well but um I would have liked to have seen that third quarter be a little bit more um, dominant again and then build on it towards... You know, I, I just think if par 70 points, what the A-plus score would have been for the game would have been a 90 to 100-point win for me. Um, again, no disrespect to North Melbourne. We have seen teams turn them over pretty handily like that in recent times. Um, some of the top teams in the competition do that to them, including Brisbane, a team we've beaten, and then... And then obviously uh, Melbourne. Um, I mean, had them. I mean, Melbourne gave up three goals late to them as well, and 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 made the score look a little bit more respectable to the Kangaroos. So it's not like it's just us, but um, yeah, I guess that's the, that's the thing. We're, we're we're talking about a good performance, but not like not like a outstanding, flawless performance. There are areas there just to look at um, for the Port team. 
you know, it's not that we're in any danger of losing or anything like that, but every game can give you lessons both for and, you know, both things that you saw that you've done well and you can build on and little areas that you can that you can kind of look at and go, all right, that's that's where we've got to work on a little bit. And, um, you know, this game was one that was comfortable and plenty to love, but there's, there's still little areas that um, we can always look at and, and pull out of the game to to work on moving forward. And I certainly think um, just some of those areas where we, we get bogged down by our, by our own domination of the game, because it was, we were dominating possession and all that kind of stuff at mo- most times, but... Um, there was all these little areas for a few minutes where we just we just let off the hook a little bit and and they and you know those are the things that are going to happen against the better sides and and actually could be provide a tangible negative difference to our you know the overall game in the, against those better sides and, and possibly end up being a loss and we've seen some games where those little laps five minute periods have led either to um, almost a loss or a loss and you know the, you know, the showdown is probably a prime example of that and. A game that we were in for so much of it uh, and had leads it a couple of times, but we just allowed those few minute lapses and and it one allowed the Crows back into the game when we had a couple of goal leads at times, and then uh, obviously at the end of the game allowed them to take the game by the stranglehold and win it comfortably. So, you know, these are the kind of things that you see in a game like this, and you go, oh, whatever, it's you know we're winning anyway. But then you see it again against the Crows. Um, and and it, and it resulted in a loss. So you know that's why I look at it in this game and 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 compare those games because it's yeah not making much of a difference here. But we've got to figure out why things are going. You know why we're getting bogged down by um, some issues happening on the field and and and, and allowing the get, ball to rebound out and allow the other team to get some easy scores off the back. So things to look at always, regardless of <laughs> the the comfortableness of the win. Now, looking at stats policy, I think I said of dominating possession before, but I meant dominating the inside 50s. Uh, as far as dominating possession goes, we actually didn't have as many possessions in the, in the entirety of the game than the Kangaroos had. Um, it was a game that was uh, very much um, dominated by uh, our decisiveness with the ball uh, was the one thing. They got a lot of possessions out of the hitouts as well. Like That does help them. Um, when they get the, when the balls you know getting hit to them and and then but we were able to you know kind of get the clearances still but it was a game that was dominated by basically clean cleanliness of possession um, across the entirety of the game I know there was there was moments where I got a little bit frustrated with um, how we kind of got bogged bogged down as I said before but overall um, it was basically disposal efficiency and 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 inside fifty efficiency that really was the a massive difference. The kangaroos were operating, and and is more or less they've been their standard for the year. And I know I mentioned it in the preview. I think that um, uh, disposal efficiency uh, was uh, sorry efficiency inside fifty. Um, we we went at fifty seven percent for the game, and the kangaroos went at forty percent, which is pretty much their average for the year. So that's just they're just struggling to work out the ball in the inside fifty, which you know besides Larky down there, they really just didn't have much going on. Um, they are. Uh, operating decently with the ball this year at uh, disposal efficiency overall at uh, 74%, but for this game they were down at under, under 70%, which really uh, summed it up for them because if you look at the turnovers, um, which I had the here just a second ago, um, now I can't find them. Uh, turnovers, they had 69 for the game, which is their season average, but we only had 56, which is uh, actually nine nine below our season average. So, you know, it was while that they had plenty of the ball they just were butchering it and really weren't doing anything with it which is why you look at you know people talk about individual can um 
you know, possession numbers sometimes not being the greatest metric of how a player's actually, you know, played. Um, I think, uh, you know, got, and this is an interesting point too because it got brought up during the game, um, you know, talking about possession numbers. You know, Jason Owen Francis, you know, some of the, the the stick you've seen some teams beat him with over this year is, oh, he's only had 15 possessions this game. Isn't he meant to be all, all-time great? Well, one, he's 19. He's going to build into that. But two, they brought up that um, he's the top player in the country um, in the competition uh, for his, you know, basically three quarter every, I think it's 74%. Of his kicks going inside 50 um, are efficient or go to a player. You know, the disposal efficiency is basically three out of every four kicks that he puts inside 50, uh, finding a target and, and providing a tangible advantage to the port team. It's better than anyone else in, in the competition currently. Now, if that's going to sustain, who knows? But it, it shows that, you know, in this modern, the modern AFL with the more analytics and more stats available that, you know, possession numbers, it, you know, when someone's accumulating 40 to 45 possessions in a game, they're probably having a pretty good. Um, impact on your side's performance, but you know, 15 of them are, are just you know butchered kicks. Then you know, then you've really got to only look at you know 20 uh, efficient disposal, which is which is still a fantastic performance. You mean if you're getting 20 efficient kicks in a game, um, but you know it's why people sometimes when you look at possession numbers and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't always always uh, measure out to the to the accurate. Um, kind of depiction of what's happened in the game so you know the kangaroos had just uh, they didn't have that many more possessions for the game it was uh, uh 18 more disp- disposals for the game so not massive when you're talking over 300 for each team anyway um and certainly when you lose by 70 points it just shows that disposals aren't always you know just whether it be individual player stats or you know across the team um doesn't always mean that you you know the more hands on the ball is always handy, but it's what you do with it as well. And, you know, Port, and that's this is the other thing, and when we're talking about the eye test of the game, that's Port didn't need that many disposals to get forward. They were just, and that's where the Kangaroos' pressure drop off in that second quarter and then subsequently through the game. It just allowed Port to move the ball so easily that they didn't need that much, as much of it as the Kangaroos ended up accumulating. They just didn't need to have as many kicks and as many handballs to move from defence to, to the attacking 50 or any of those kind of things. It was just that we didn't need that much of the ball to make a you know, substantial impact on the scoreboard. And it's one of those things that, again, I do sit there and go, geez, it could have been you know, four or five more goals, get it up to you know, the high, you know, just under 100-point kind of win if we'd had really hammered down. But again, injuries were a factor. Um, obviously, we're dealing with a few injuries up in that forward line, especially it's a bit of a crisis um, as far as our tool stocks go. Um, AFL experienced tool stocks. I know we can, we can call upon some from the Sandful, but unproven. Um, but overall, um, a really, you know, when you look at the fact that we had 59 inside 50s to 42, despite being a possession numbers being down, just shows how much more decisive we were and, and that there is a, there is a game plan working there and, um, something to be, um, positive about with Port. It's just, it's still, you know, we need to, this weekend will be the one that'll, uh, be a real test between the injuries and, and the, and to see where the game plan is sitting after having a good run of form. Um, obviously the stoppages were, um, as predicted and as anyone could have predicted, as I said in the preview, but, um, it wasn't like I was a, a Nostradamus or anything like that. We knew Goldstein was going to dominate and, um, it was 63 hit outs to 24, um, an absolute domination in that area of the game. Bryn was, you know, just, um, body language, I test. he looked like he was really trying to compete more, but he's just, just, you could see that the experience of Goldstein, like, 
Bryn would attack at the attack at the run right contest, but then you see Goldstein kind of you know just way the way he shapes his body at the contest. He, he he knew what was coming. It was kind of Bryn was the young you know the young inexperienced ruckman was just going to try and throw his body and 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 work it out that way, but it just wasn't working. Um, but you know he he battled and and that's all we could ask really. It was just that was the, we knew this was the way the game was going to go. But considering that. Um, we absolutely monstered the center clearances, eighteen to five. It's just, and it just shows that you know, it is good to have. You know, obviously you'd prefer to have a good tap ruckman that can um, give you a little bit more domination at the hit, out, or at least even the hit outs a little bit. But I did see, and this isn't that I say it's, I agree with it, but it, it is an interesting discussion to have. I think someone on one of those Fox Forty shows, I can't remember if it was Buckley or someone else, maybe Caroline. I can't remember. If it was one first bounce or. Or first crack, one of those. I can't remember. There's so many of them. Um, who just kind of questioned, not questioned the importance of Ruckman, but just said, how important are they to, depending on how you play, um, you know, you're not going to go out and pay a Ruckman, you know, unless they're like, you know, one of those freak athletes. It's just that you can do a bit of everything. Um, you know, there is ways to win football games with, you know, despite maybe not being, you know, dominating the Ruck department. Now, the counterpoint to that will be this week how we go against a tandem of Brody Grundy and Max Gorn. If we can manage that, then then you know, maybe it gives it a bit more credence to the idea that you know you can work these things out. If not, then you know it's, it's going to be an interesting. But it isn't. This isn't me saying I agree with the point either way. I'm just saying it's an interesting discussion to have in the modern AFL and how it's played. That you know we can get so dominated by one of the great ruckmen of the last decade. Uh, and still figure it out at the center clearance and at, at, at the stoppage. You know, the stoppage clearances around the ground, the kangaroos had a bit more fun with, but um, we still, you know, despite, you know, overall clearances, we won by um, 43 to 41. And considering the hit-out advantage that the kangaroos have, they should at least be, you know, ma- you know, ahead somewhere in the clearances, even if they're not over overall around the ground, obviously still getting beaten. Um, so, yeah, it just shows that there is, there is avenues to a win in the modern game, um, if you can kind of figure it out and, and understand where your deficiencies are. If you're a reasonably skilled team, but you have some deficiencies because of injuries or otherwise, form of your, you know, Scott Lysett's form just wasn't there, so we had to drop him, which wasn't, it is another, something you're not expecting to have to do. Um, and then you've just got some inexperience otherwise, you know, Sam Hayes hasn't worked out as we hoped, and then the Ruckman, the forwards are going down, so you don't even have Dixon in there doing his job. It shows that, you know, with, the modern AFL and everything going on uh, with coaching, there is ways to figure figure your way out. If you're a decent team, you can figure your way out of the deficiency problems that you have within your team, um, especially against a, a, a opponent that you should be beating anyway. So, um, I would um, expect that that is going to be something that will be an issue this weekend coming up against Melbourne. I'll probably do a quick preview tomorrow if I get the time, um, but. Um, yeah, in this game, it kind of was. It kind of proved that you can figure things some things out, even if you have to kind of give up a little bit of. You know, you know, you're not going to win that battle, but if you can, if you figure out the rest of it around it, you can you can mitigate it being a problem. Um, even the contested possessions, we we lost the contested possession count here, which I think was just more. Again, we just didn't need a whole as much of the ball um, to win this game comfortably, and that's just um, again a testament to us, and uh, unfortunately a blight, and where you know. North Melbourne are in 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 that area of the game, so I'll get into just some of the best performers of the game. Um, for me, I was really impressed with Bergman's game. I think you know Zach Butler's got the uh, the most disposals, and 
I think his AFF fantasy points were the top for the team. Uh, I think Goldstein had the best for the game <laughs> for Port North, which was probably expected if you play um, AFL fantasy. Um, you would have been... Um, if you, you were following the way the two teams were going, you would have been making sure Todd Goldstein was in your lineup if it was possible to have. Um, but I think Berg, Bergman's game, and I, t- I tweeted, a, I think I tweeted five minutes into the first quarter, like, have a contract in front of him at quarter time, please. I know that's not how it works. Um, and I know there's going to be a lot going on this year, and who knows if he is sticking around, if he genuinely has a wish to go home. Uh, Port fans would be the last to, to uh, complain about that, I think, at this point. Um, but he's uh, his ability both he's really his jump and leap for just taking intercept marks, uh, competing in marking contests, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, his speed around the ground just means he can be in the position to make these plays. But what was really impressive is kicking out from halfback or the back lines um, and finding targets. His kick, his kicking efficiency is just um, blossoming, and all these areas of his game are just blossoming in the last month, especially. But um, you know, you can just see. I know there was a lot of social media in the off season about how he was, you know, stacking on the a little bit of, you know, just filling out the body a little bit um, in the gym and whatnot. And it just it hasn't diminished anything from his ability, his pace and agility, but it just seems to have made him more confident um, to to get his body in amongst the contest. But I really the most the most impressive thing for me has been watching him um, his kicks out of the back lines and 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 kicks to advantage. And and it really is having a tangible difference on the on the game for the Port Adelaide Footy Club. You know, kind of like I said, you know, um, I think I said last week when I was talking about midfield, you can just see this changing the guard in the midfield, the Butters and the Rosie, and then Horn Francis being thrown in there has just changed the dynamic of our midfield a little bit and made it more effective. Um, and especially with the fact we're not having to rely on the likes of Boak and Wines nearly as much anymore. They're just additional just wonderful pieces to have obviously and and wines had a really great game in this one as well by the way eight tackles led the team um i think second only for the entire game from hugh greenwood who had nine for north melbourne um it's really good to see wines get get involved like that um in a game that um you know was scrappy to start with and then just needed that kind of dominating presence and and his role as a you know being that he's brown you know getting in getting in dirty a little bit like that and making some tackles count uh, was really good to see and um he had i think had 20 odd disposals along with that and um just overall a good game from uh from winesy there but um i had the play i had the stats up just a second ago and i want to have a look again yeah wines yeah 22 disposals for wines so um you know it's not like he's racking up the numbers of getting those 30 plus games but um to you know he was getting the tackles in and um and he had, he had seven clearances for the game as well uh, which is re- um, quite quite a good number for um, for you know just one of the best in the in the on the entire ground. Again, Goldstein led the clearances. Just a, again, if you had Goldstein as I mean, you would have almost been thinking about putting him as captain if you were reading the tea leaves of the game um, for, for the AFL fantasy. But anyway, back to Bergman. Um, like I said, he only had 21 disposals for the game. It's just the the efficiency of his disposal. He was obviously 16 kicks. He had took 10 marks for the game. Um, had you know four tackles, but just just all round, just exactly what you want out of his, the, his kind of player down in the back lines. You know his, his ability to take marks, but also you know he's not like a tall you know big tall defender that's taken those marks uh, that but that doesn't have the the best kick from the boot. He's really he was lacing some kicks out just perfectly, and not just you know ones that you expect him to hit. He was threading the needle to some some guys you know out on the wing. Um, that there's a little bit of traffic around. And he's just threading the needle perfectly, and they're, they're these decisive low 
um, or just the perfectly weighted kicks, you know, whether it needs to be low or, or have a bit more um, airtime on it. But just situationally, every kick was just was just going fantastically, and I was really impressed with that. It's kind of something I've been noticing, but, you know, this game really, there's a couple that I just, you know, kind of just sat there and you just sit there and go, wow, you know, that's, that's mint. Um, and obviously for the game, that, that resulted in um, he had 588 metres gained for the game, which is the top performer of any any player in, in, on the field for the day. So, you know, for me, Bergman was my best on ground just over Zach. But Butters had an incredible impact as well. Um, typically typically of his season so far, he had another 30-plus disposal game with 32 disposals. Um, took a you know took a bunch of marks and took that flying mark which he you know lost control of it on the ground. But as the commentator said, you know if Ablett won goal mark of the year, then um, Butters can win it for that too. I don't think he's up. I don't know if he got nominated or anything like that. But um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it's I guess Butters was best on ground for just his impact around the middle. But I was, I was just that impressed with Bergman's um, impact in the back line there that I really had to give him some flowers for that as well. Um, Finlayson again uh, gets in the ruck. has his six hit outs, and um, but just you know he's again he wasn't as accurate as he you know three goals five, but he's getting the shots and goal, and he's getting them in amongst it. You know, and they're not shots just from set shots. He's getting shots from open play as well, and obviously just having an impact across the ground, not just in the forward line, but um, you know whether he's needed to pitch it in the ruck or anything like that. Um, again, he's and he's going to be uh, very, very important in the coming weeks. If um, you know Marshall's out again with a concussion, which is unfortunate and one we have to consider might be a bit more of a managed problem throughout this year. And um, how much we see him, who knows? Because if he's had the second concussion in three or four weeks, then you have to take a little, little bit more care there. Um, hopefully, it's not too bad though. But um, yeah, we'll be leaning on Finlayson, especially if, if Dixon's out again. Um, and we're going to be real short in the short in the t- uh, the experience tool stock certainly, um, but yeah, I think the three my three for the game were Butters, uh, Bergman, and I reckon Wines. I was you know Wines. I've, we've said at times that he you know obviously he had the off season um, injury issue and surgery, which meant his preseason was compromised. So he's basically been playing a bit of a preseason as the season's been going, which. If Ollie Wines is fit to play footy, even if he hasn't had a preseason, you put him in his side. That's the kind of caliber of player he is. But that's why we haven't been seeing the performance out, out of him uh, this year that we, you know, some might expect. Um, but I think this game was one of those ones where you start seeing him getting. And again, the midfield dynamic has changed um, substantially since he won that Brownlow medal. Obviously, last year was a down year, but in that time last year, we've, we Rosie blossomed. Um, the rose blossomed. Um, in the midfield, and and obviously got his all Australian blazer from that, and then Butters, um, you know the year that um, Wines won the Brownlow, Butters was injured half the year. He wasn't playing this kind of footy. Butters came into his form a little bit more in the latter half of last year, and has come into this year and is in borderline all Australian form. Rosie as well. So you got two guys that were when Wines was winning the Brownlow and playing that role that just were not at all really involved in the midfield anywhere to this level. Um, and then, obviously, we've thrown Jason Horn francis in there, who, when Wines won the Brownlow medal, hadn't even been drafted yet. So there's just a substantial change that's happened to the midfield. So you're seeing Wines kind of adjust to that um, and find his way, and, and as well as, obviously, coming off an off-season injury. So for that, I you know, I know it's not the best Wines performance we've had in his career. It's not, it wouldn't be top 10, possibly not top 20. I don't, I don't know where you'd... I haven't, bothered doing the rankings of going through every game he's played and and certainly his Brownlow winning season he had plenty of um 
games uh, that were of top tier quality that got him an equal record amount of Brownlow votes for that year. So, but considering his off season, considering kind of the changes that have happened in the midfield in the time that um, I just thought it was one of those games that he he really kind of made an impact. It wasn't the best on ground impact or anything like that, but he had his you know twenty plus disposals, um, the tackles, the clearances, the kind of stuff that we want to see, especially in this new generation midfield. Um, with him one of being being now one of the veteran leaders um, and the older leaders in that midfield, you know, kind of the impact we need to start seeing him have rather than maybe being the match winner. But you know, when he gets his fitness back, he's going to be pretty fucking good as well. And I think he's starting to touch that again. Um, so yeah, I put Butters, Bergman, and, and and Wines as my top three. I didn't even start thinking about doing this as a top three, but maybe I should just do that every week. Um, but um, there was plenty of guys that had an impact in the game. But it was one of those games that was just you know, like I said, we were always going to win it. Uh, it was just how we were going to win it and, and, and how clean it was going to be and all those things were going to be the only questions. So um, beyond that, uh, really what's... The, I guess the obviously the other storyline of this game, uh, let's just write to the end because it ended up not being much of an issue, but I was really impressed and I'll give plaudits to the Kangaroos that we didn't see any of the Horn Francis stuff that you know the media was banging on about in the in the lead up to the game and, and certainly... Um, you know, I was getting a bit frustrated with it. And I saw so much stuff about Zerha that I just thought, you know, I think I said a point put out at one point a frustrated tweet when I saw another article being like, oh, you know, this guy saying Zerha is going to go after him. I was like, okay, Zerha is a thug. Like, what what are we saying here? You know, it kept on being put on Zerha, but you know, there was a couple of tough tackles and and bumps and whatever in there. But you know, they you never really seemed to be. None of them stayed down and gave a few jumper punches or anything really like that. The game just kept on moving. And so for that, I'll like admit, you know, I was wrong in putting that tweet out because it turns out that you know the, the Zerha wasn't really interested in any of that from the looks of things. And 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 beside, you know, Hugh Greenwood had lined up on Horn Francis at the start of the game, and they were doing what they do in the middle there and pushing each other around a little bit. But there, there really was nothing there. There was a booze from over the sidelines, and that was it. And um, I was really impressed to see that. I think Horn Francis, whether I mean, the game was wasn't really just game, game was going around him a bit in that first quarter, and you know he's still not the kind of player that is completely dominant. And obviously at nineteen, he's still got so much growth to go in uh, kind of going in and winning the ball. But you know he ended up with fifteen disposals and and got that that nice little goal in the goal square there, and um, had four clearances for the game and five tackles. So you know for a nineteen year old playing footy against this old side, for the, I honestly. Don't have much problems with his performance there, especially the fact I think um, most of the way through the second quarter I think he only had two disposals. So he kind of warmed into the game, and as Port got better, he got better. He's not he's not at the level yet where he's going to be the straw that's stirring the drink of the team, so to speak. He's gonna he's still finding his way as a footy player, and um, and so team performance is going to dictate that a little bit. And um, in that respect, I I think he had just a, you know a really nice game. So. Um, Honorable mentions. You got a man. Francis Evans is a fun, fun one to have in the side. I like having him in there. Um, Dylan Williams again is just kind of lock, quietly locking down that spot for, to be his. Uh, probably one of my favourite goals of the game was uh, Riley Bonner's bomb from um, out. You know, <laughs> really nice kick from the you know tight angle. There was lots of lots to love about the game, and I'm really just um, you know, like I said, it could have been better, but I think um, there's some good good moments in there and, and some good performances, but also some things to be concerned about and. Um, injuries are probably the main concern, but then uh, just trying to, with that in mind, um, just how we manage those those moments where we do lose 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 our way a little bit. Because um, 
I am concerned about that going into these you know tougher games against Melbourne. They've got Geelong in it, not too far away as well, and you know there's going to be some sides that we play that, um, yeah, injuries are an ex- are a factor, and you know we can use them as an excuse if we want if we lose those games. But it doesn't change the fact that we want to go out and win these games, and um, you know we've got to find a way with these deficiencies, whether it be the deficiencies in the ruck stock at the moment or the. Uh, you know the deficiencies up forward based on injury. We've got to find, you know, adjust and find a way to be competitive. So um, it was an impressive win and one that I love. And you know, I love Tom Jonas kicking a goal from fifty. Got to love your your backman kicking his second goal in his career from fifty slot and one like that. But um, you know, in amongst that is uh, we've got to find a little bit more consistency in those moments to you know make sure a win like this could could have been bigger. Um, could have been, yeah, you know, a good team wins by. 10-12 goal against a shit team anytime, uh, um, and we just scraped that in. But um, I'd much prefer us to be dominating these ones, and then because I do look at the the little patches in this game where we didn't quite dominate it quite as much, and I look at that as those are the things that the sides like Melbourne are going to be looking at going into this week and going, you know, this team's there to be kind of there to be grabbed a little bit, I think, and um, that's what worries me. But I'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, again, if I get a preview in, um, I'm sure if I will be tomorrow yet, unfortunately, but um, if I do get a chance to just sit down for 20 minutes and, and throw one out quickly and just talk about how I'm feeling more about going into the, the Friday night game, which I guess that will be Friday morning for you people over there in Australia. Um, um, yeah, I'll get that one out there. But um, for now, it's six wins on the trot. you got to be happy with it. Uh, we're in the top four. We've given us... We've Given ourselves a good position to build off, and you know, we've been um, uh, nine weeks into the season now, um, you're getting a fair idea of that you are a decent footy team, um, and that we are a decent footy team. We've had some good wins, um, but you know, we've been here before with a good start that, that crumbled away spe- spectacularly as we did in 2018. Um, I think we've also, and I think that's probably my main point is that you know, I've seen a few, there's a few of those results in that 2018 start where we, we won some good games against some good sides. We didn't win convincingly, and then when things fell apart a little bit, um, they really fell apart. So I kind of want to just see us locking up those little those little aspects of the game to ensure that we don't have to go through that again. Because I think that's what most Port fans, at the moment that I've seen, uh, who when people say, "Oh, you know, they're locked into finals already," you know, I've seen a few Port fans say, "Oh no, just that <laughs> we've been here before, literally, and uh, and it didn't go well." So yeah, that's my main concern. Just iron out some of those problems and, and again injury is going to be a factor and if we you know if things go terribly on the injury front then that's at a certain point you just can't manage it anymore but at the moment I still think we're in a position to be able to um, find avenues to wins against the good sides as well and, and just make sure we don't fall into some of those bad habits that, that you know create bigger craters uh, in, in games against the good sides but I said we're in a good position at the moment and we might as well keep building on it and I'll keep positive as soon as long as that keeps ha- keeps happening so Anyway, thanks for listening as always. Count on the pair.